Yes, yes, yes. We are here. We are live. What is going on? This episode of the Greatest Voice Podcast is dedicated. This episode is dedicated to the beautiful, beautiful Latino woman who I met at the club about five hours ago who told me she had a boyfriend and I watched her reject 15 dudes in a row who were just trying to talk to her, but God, she, because God, she was a beautiful woman. She kept telling them, I have a boyfriend, I have a boyfriend. Me, unlike them, I got the point and left her alone, but she was still a great woman. And I just want to say, see, a lot of times, guys, when we talk to, when we try to talk to a woman who has a boyfriend, we get upset when they are respectful and they say, no, I have a boyfriend. But you should respect a woman like that because that means that's a real woman. Whoever that dude is, I'm jealous. Do his thing. What's going on? Welcome to the Greatest Voice Podcast. How you doing? How you feeling? How's everybody doing? This is the first episode of 2022. How's everybody feeling? Which where's everybody's temperature at? I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. I'm happy. Um, let's just hop right into the topic. Let's just hop right into it. I don't like to beat around the bush. Let's get the podcast going. So the videos that I have been doing recently have been picking up a few things because um Picking up a little bit of steam because I have recently been speaking on shout out to Wack 100, respect to him, and shout out to the guy. The, every <laughs> let me tell you something. This man, I'm not gonna go into a big explanation of who this man is. This bro man argues with every goddamn body, argues with everybody. Messy Marv, three rest. I feel like I feel like on YouTube there's gonna be a video of him arguing with Luther Vandross, dead, like just popping up on the internet out of nowhere. Like he just has a way of just picking fights with everybody, right? And one of the arguments that he had ended up bringing up, I'm not going to get really deep into what the argument was about, but it stirred up a conversation about race relations in California between blacks and Mexicans. And me being who I am, you know, I've lived all across California. I've lived in Northern Cal, I've lived in San Diego, Visalia, I lived in Stockton. For those of you guys who are not from California, all these cities that I'm naming probably sound like gibberish to you. These might as well just be the names of Indian tribes in the Midwest I'm got dang where. But I'm bringing it up because to sum up what he was saying, he was basically said in a video that people who are Mexican and from a certain organization do not tend to smile fondly upon, upon African-Americans. And this organization tends to live in the southern part of California. I'm saying this like we're talking about the mafia. We actually kind of are talking about the mafia. So what I had said was, because like I'm not a gangbanger, but my videos kind of picked up a little bit of attention on TikTok. And everybody's like, I got a lot of support, actually, really a lot of support and a lot of love. So I thank you. But it was um, because my opinion was, is, you know. The conversation ended up going from talking about street politics and talk to talking about actual relationships between blacks and Mexicans everywhere, just on some regular regular day to day life interaction stuff. It was weird to me because I was saying in the video, you know, like um, being that I lived in Northern California for a significant portion of my life, and being that you know a lot of the most of the women that I've talked to have been Mexican women. Um, I was saying like it was just was weird to me because the conversation ended up going racial and I was saying like, you know, bro, like where I live at, you know, Northern California, I can't speak to where WAC is from. I've heard that where WAC is from, Pacoma Park, their gang politics kind of come into the realm of civilian politics and how they have that ends up becoming an issue. But like I was saying, like where we live out of Northern California, we cool, we kick it, we on good terms with everybody. It's no issues out here. 
And a lot of people echoed my same sentiment. There are a lot of people, actually, you know, shout out to all those who are in the comments who are from Southern California, who commented and told me, you know, hey, I am from that sort of organization. I can tell you not all of us are racist. Now, when you do go to certain neighborhoods and certain environments, certain environments hoods you will see maybe some beef between our prison politics but it's not like that but i bring this whole thing up because you know i used to always say just to kind of um i used to always say that and i think being racist is natural hear me out i've always thought that being racist is natural because i think it is natural for you to care more about your group than another group and to have a certain amount of stereotypes and misunderstandings about another group if you're not that familiar with the group. I think in Northern California, one of the reasons why when you go to a Stockton, which is even though Stockton is crazy, that we're, we're I will say this about Stockton. Stockton is one of the craziest, for those who are not from California, do not know what I'm talking about. Stockton is one of the craziest cities in, in, in the history of mankind. It's like the Jackson, Mississippi of California. And for those who ain't from California, take a ticket, take a bus ticket and go to Mississippi. You'll see what I'm talking about. So, um, I was bringing up to say, I think when you go to a Stockton, when you go to a Sacramento, when you go to a Bay Area, the urban, the urban environments of all these neighbor of all these places are heavily influenced by black people. I think partly because this is just my theory and I could st- statistics could prove me wrong. I think that during the northern migration, more black people came from the south to northern California than they did to actually Southern California. So because of that, I think we've always had significant black population and therefore you're forced to deal with each other. L.A. I know is a little bit more segregated. I know in L.A. the culture is a little bit more segregated out there. Now, it is changing. I am seeing that change a lot. But it is something to bring up because I've always, you know, the thing about when you, I keep going back to Stockton, but it's the same in Sacramento. It's the same in Vallejo. It's the same in Daly City. We really don't talk about the fact that when you go to all these regions, these places, these ghettos sometimes, sometimes the suburbs, it don't even got to be the ghetto, the suburbs sometimes, you go to these places and these kids will literally grow up. We all grew up singing the same songs together, kicking together, not just Mexican and Filipino, even just the minorities, white people in general. You will go to, I'm going to tell you something, when you meet a white person from Stockton, or from Oakland, you know you're talking to a white person from Stockton or Oakland. Like they know so they'll let me tell you something. They'll sit next to you and quote every song every word in a Mac Dre or E forty song better than you quote it. Like, but that's just because it's the you know, that's just the culture up here. And it's a beautiful we I think we take for granted that's a beautiful thing. You know, like I had never that argument that WAC 100, the guy brought up earlier when he had that with the dude and they brought up all these conversations about black and brown relations. I had never thought about the idea that when you go to certain places, it looks weird to be black and try to talk to somebody who's Mexican. I had never even thought about that because for me, like I said, like most of the women I talk to have been Mexican. I just, it just, you know, it is what it is. Um, I hadn't even thought about the fact like, I was at the club before I recorded this podcast. I was at the club, shout out to the club I was at. And at a certain point in the club, you know, the club had separate rooms and they started playing like Banda and like more like kind of Corridos kind of music, right? Not not Corridos, but like Banda, right? And so I started dancing out of nowhere. These two um, older older um, Mexican ladies, very pretty. They saw me and they started laughing because no, they were they were playing um, La Chona. They were playing La Chona. And Canta la historia de una famosa persona. They were playing La Chona. And 
I know that song, so I started singing the words. I speak Spanish, so I started singing the words to it, right? So these two ladies, they saw me singing. They thought it was cute. They came over, and we started dancing all together. And I was, like, asking, like, am I doing the dance? I was like, yes, it's correct. correct. And it was a great little interaction. It was cool. We had fun. Now, I bring that up because I didn't even think about the fact that there's a chance that if I'd have been somewhere else where racial tensions are pretty high at, that would have never happened or something bad would have happened. You know what I'm saying? It's just we're thinking that, you know, we, we, I think sometimes I think in general, if you want to have a real conversation, I think that in California, in America in general, we can just bring it out talking about California. We take for granted a lot of the luxuries that we have in this country. We take for granted for, I'm 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 going to even take it to something sillier. You ever talk to a girl? This is more for the guys who are out there who are dating right now. You know, when you talk to a girl, you try to talk to her, she ain't feeling you. She rejects you. You just got to eat it and she'll go talk to your friend, Kenneth or Keith. We take for granted the fact that we live in a time and a day and a time and age where if a girl rejects you, who's from where you're from, you can get in your car or go. You can get in your car. Drive three cities down the street, go to a bar and meet a girl who's not even from there. You got to think there was a time where, let me tell you something. There was a time. Do you know why back in the day our great grandmas and great, great, great daddy stayed together with each other for 16, 70 years? Because, bro, they didn't have a choice. You know, you're talking to people. I'm serious. You're talking to people who didn't have cars. Like, let me tell you something. If Gert, they lived back in the days where if Louis May, if Louis May rejected you, your only choice after that was Gertrude or Bertha. And Gertrude don't even sound attractive, so you just had to take what you could get in the moment. You know what I mean? So it was, it's, you know, it's the uh, it's an interesting thing. Like we live in a, even that just is something we take for granted. The fact that you can talk to a woman, get rejected, and be like, okay, well, you know, it is what it is. I can go on. You don't even have to leave your house. You don't even have to leave your house. You can go online, go on Tinder, and go on Bumble. Like. This is it's, this is a really really different time that we live in. So you know we take for granted that, or even just for work. Like I was I was thinking about this the other day. We take for granted the fact in America that for the most part, and I'm not speaking for those who are in the street and committing crime for recreational purposes. You guys do your things. Much love to y'all. Um, not much love, but you know what I mean. We take for granted the idea that in this country, you generally speaking do not have to fight each other to eat. You do not have to fight each other to eat. We take for granted the the the, the opportunity that we have to wear. If you want to, like the thing about in America, it's not always promised that you're going to get a good paying job. It's not always promised. Sometimes some would argue that it's not promised at all, especially in California. You get jobs that pay good, yeah, but it's so expensive to live here. That hell, you might as well have just you know, sand in a bottle. It's not going nowhere. But bring it up because we take for granted either that you can still get a job. We take for granted that you can still work, that you can still try to provide. I'll tell you, hell, in my worst times, I always get two jobs. My worst times, I always, let me tell you something. For those who are fans of my podcast, if there if there was a month or two months uh, 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 phase where I wasn't recording the podcast, it's because I had two jobs. I'm going to be honest with you. Let's have a real conversation. I was, I was, struck. let me tell you something. I was, I was going, I was working a 14 hour shift, then going to the bathroom and changing and working another eight, go home, sleep for two and a half hours, eight in the car on the way to work. You know, you know, round of applause. Matter of fact, on the sound effect, I'm going to put it. Round of applause for all the people out there who got two jobs and providing for their families. 
Round of applause for all the husbands, all the fathers out there, all the men out there who literally work two jobs to pay their mortgage, pay their house, pay their car note off, pay for their kids to go to school, and probably only saw their kids maybe once every five days when uh because they just were so busy working, man. Round of applause for those men. Those men they don't uh they don't get enough credit. They do they do not get enough credit. So I think um you know what I wonder sometimes and um now that I bring that up, um, when I think about the men, you know, the fathers out there, the fathers out there who um, give their life for their kids in a certain sense, they give their life, they give their lifeblood, you know, they they work hard to provide for their families. They work hard to um, put food on the table. Those people who really do break their backs. You know, when I used to work at the bank, you have the guys come in who are retired um, construction workers. It used to always like, I won't say trip me out, but it just used to always hurt my heart when I would see those guys walk into the, that bank, brother, and like their bodies would be broken. Or just, they, they they all of them had like this weird hump in their back and or, you know, their legs be bent a certain way. You ever see those guys who like, their legs, they, they have to walk a certain kind of way because their legs hurt. I'm kind of in that category right now, too. I told you guys about that story about that fight at my uh, job. I tried to break it up and fell down and twisted my knee. And, like, even now, I still kind of, I can still feel it even now, you know. Um, so, but I wonder, the men in those situations who are providing for their families, I wonder, do they ever feel like, um, I don't know, I guess, bitter or resentful to their kids because, you know, in essence, you know, they're bleeding their life away to try to provide for this family and feed their kids, you know, and it makes you wonder, do the kids appreciate that? You know, it's an interesting thing. Um, I don't know, just, I don't know, it'd be an interesting topic. But um, I guess we can uh, switch, switch the conversation a little bit to talk about 2021 in retrospect, 2021 in retrospect, 2021 in retrospect. How was 2021 for you? How was it for your family? How was it for your kinfolk? How was it for your people? For me, 2021 was an interesting year because it was just a rush of a lot of experiences, a lot of moments, and a lot of, um, you know, my experience in life has always been when I go through a rough moment and a rough patch in life. I feel it's usually to prepare me for something coming. I bring it up because if I hadn't have went through the hardships that I went through in 2019, I would not have been prepared for the pandemic. I think honestly, there's a chance I might've been homeless in the pandemic to be real with you. If I hadn't have went through the hardships I went through in 2019 and by the time the pandemic hit, I was already in grind mode. I felt like I probably would have been homeless, honestly, just to be real with you. 2021, I feel like was a way to prepare me and put me in positions to where I could get other things. It wasn't necessarily a year of hardships. The hardships that I did have after February or just to sum it up after I lost my goddamn motorcycle, you know, and had to uh, get a car. Um, you know, I was my baby too. Ronald, you know, you know, I miss my baby, my, my blue Suzuki. That was my baby. But um, I think it was more about going through certain moments to um, to prepare me for 
certain, I guess, to prepare me for other challenges. Like I have this challenge to prepare me for a different challenge. You know what I mean? Um, like working at the bank, I'm trying to be a court interpreter and working at the bank, working at the bank where I, I use Spanish all the time, every day on a regular basis, have conversations with people and translated that prepared me for the test taking process to become a, um, to become a, um, court interpreter. So, you know, it kind of all goes hand in hand. I, um, I do think overall, there are a lot of people who I talked to who, who told me in 2021, they had a rough year. And to be all the way honest with you, shout out to that message, probably said B-O-I-F-Y-I. I don't know what that means, but much love to you. Um, I can tell you, I can't speak for me. I can just, I can't speak for them. I can just say my year was, reality is there was a lot of people who suffered in 2021. It's a lot of people whose businesses shut down. There were a lot of people who lost their homes. It's a lot of people who are homeless. A lot of people who are homeless who are home who are about to be homeless. And um, that's why I say I feel like that's why I say before I even talk about a 2021, I have to bring up 2019 because 2019 taught me how to hustle. Just bring it up just to just to kind of give you the backstory. 2019 had me in a situation where I was catching the bus. Two hours away to go to go two hours away from where I lived at. I live in this little small country town where you we tip cows for we knock over cows for fun. So 2019 put me in a situation where I had no car, I had just lost my job, two months behind on rent, and I was drop I was taking the bus to go two hours out of my way to go work in San Francisco. Literally was working doing security out there doing twelve and thirteen, fourteen hour shifts, and then Sleeping on the BART train to uh, for two for like a week or so until I could get paid, so I could go, you know, either take an Airbnb and go work out there from there or get a car. True story. True story. And it was hard, bro. But me being in that situation, it prepared me for the pandemic because when the pandemic hit, I can tell you, I by then I had had a car when the pandemic hit, and it was cool. But when also what happened was that car was a faulty car, car broke down and I was without a way to get to work because I worked two hours away. So instinctively, I got two or three jobs right then and there and just started working and grinding, you know, but I bring it up because that instinct to say, hey, let me just get two or three jobs at once. Okay, I guess this one job ain't gonna work anymore. I wouldn't have had that instinct in me had it had not been for um, had it had it had not been for me 2019 showing me that. So, 2021 to me was one of these years where I guess it could say more of a preparing me for challenge, but also this was the year for me where I guess I I started understanding things when things started coming full circle. Like, okay, the reason why, like, I'm not the biggest religious person in the world, but, you know, the reason why God put me in this position to work at this bank and want to improve my Spanish a lot more is because... Time to become a court interpreter. The reason why the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, now you're going to start blowing up in California. And now we're doing this. So it was interesting seeing just how like things came full circle after a while. There are a lot of people who are listening to this podcast right now who are going through our time. Let's not, we're not going to, I'm not going to deny that. Reality is right now it is hard out here, you know, for a lot of people. It is hard. It's great for some people. It's hard for others. And um, 
for men, for men and women, but I'll just speak to men more when I say this. I think we're kind of accustomed to being put in a situation where we have to grind and sacrifice. To, not just women and men. I don't know what I'm talking about. Women and men, and I particularly in California, we are. Um, I think one big lesson 2021 uh, taught me was to um, be open and be honest with how much I can relate with a common working man. That was something that 2021 really, really, really hit me deep with. Really hit me deep with. Um, because... I always had shame to tell people I work security. You know, I rallies. I'm, I'm a podcaster, and I'm trying to become a great podcaster and become famous. So it always was like a shame to say, "Man, I have to put on a badge and get cursed out in front of the store by a woman who's stuffing a bunch of clothes and stuff in her backpack and trying to run off." But at the end of the day, I have to be honest because that's where I can relate to people. At you know, when I talk about street politics on this podcast, and I talk about gangs, and if I talk about um. Um, when I talk about street politics, when I talk about gangs and stuff like that, you know, a few people will have asked me, you "No, know, you're not in the gang. Are you in a gang? If you're not in the gang, how do you know about this stuff? Are you even when you talk, you have zero politics in your voice. You talk white. Like, how do you know about this stuff? Because you know, just being real, when you do security and you and you were forced, I'm not gonna say forced, but I chose to work some sites that I've had to work in the last eleven, ten years. A lot of the times you're going to have to deal with these situations. You're going to have to deal with these people. You know, it is what it is. You know, I've had to pull a few gang members off in fights. I've asked, I've also had to work a few sites and be confronted by gang members. I've also had gang members come and support me in a situation where I'll probably might not be here had it not been for them. So um, round of applause for gang members. Round, round of applause for gang members in California. God bless them. We, round of applause. Round of applause. Round of applause. But so because of that, I have a a deeper understanding as far as going to an experience with them, because I just, I have to, like I said, I was in situations where I always have to deal with them. Um, the thing about when you do security and I'm, I'm God willing, I'm trying to make this my last year doing security, but it, it, it kind of puts you in a, a very, um, it gives you a very interesting perspective on life because you deal with people when you work a lot of sites, you deal with people from all walks of life and from all those walks of life. Usually you're the person where everyone who everyone looks down upon. So, you know, you're the greeter. You're the greeter at Walmart. You're the you're the um, the, the doorman at a residential condo place. You're like the fly on the wall. I, you know, what I'm saying? You're like the fly on the wall in most scenarios. You know, a lot of the times you work in these places and some old man will come um, be, make friends with you and start talking to you and giving you game like a fly on the wall. And so you pick up a lot, a lot of knowledge and understanding of just, oh, so that's how they move here. Oh, OK, that's how that person moves here. Oh, OK, et cetera, et cetera. So it was interesting. Um, it also, I guess, helped me kind of find my voice in podcasting. And that's why I talk more about California now. And I'm doing these videos about where to eat at in California, where are the best spots to go to, et cetera. Because reality is I've done security and I've worked and been everywhere. You know, I can just tell you, I, I've, I've, I've stayed in San Diego working out there. I live in Visalia. I don't work from Stockton, Fresno, San Francisco, Oakland, um, 
you know, stopped many a gang fight, you know, started gang fights. I'm joking, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. So I've been around the block a while and, um, you know, for some reason, you guys find these stories interesting to listen to. So we're going to keep it going. Much love and peace and chicken grease. I pray that you have a great 2022 and we're going to keep this thing going, man. It is the greatest voice podcast. Thank you for being a part of the family. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And we shall end this right now. <laughs>